0: Well, welcome. I'm so glad you are having church with us today online. I miss everybody so much. I can't believe this is going on week after week. And there's really no end in sight. But one day soon, we will congregate together. Well, I'm standing in, the, in a building on our West End campus. This building was built in 1930 for $18,000, We have plans to bring this building back to life, right? As you can see, we've kind of cleaned out the asbestos and the windows, and there's no air conditioning here, so today's message will include me glistening up at some point, but I just thought it was a great representation of, you know, uh, bringing people together one day and have a hope of a future, and although this thing's a mess today, one day we'll bring it back to life. This project's been delayed, of course, because of the virus, but we have a lot of hopes to bring our community together and bring our people together in this building. Hey, before I get started, I wanted to give a special shout out to our educators. I've been talking to a lot of teachers today or this week, and they're telling me how difficult their job has become because now they're giving instruction online. I know it's hard for parents, but we can't forget that it's very difficult on teachers and administrators and principals. And I just wanna say thank you so much for sticking to it, the year's almost over, and maybe you'll get a break in the summer, but uh, this is hard on everybody, including the students, but I wanna thank our educators for sticking in there and helping people. Well, last week, we started this new conversation, and we started the conversation of how we're gonna live our lives when this isolation is over. What, what, what is the thing that we're looking forward to? Well, we're looking forward to a lot of things. Vacation, right? Seeing live music or a sporting event, hugging each other, being at church together, eating at our favorite restaurant together, uh, getting our hair done did, did. Is that how you say that? Get your hair did? Yeah, that kind of thing. Or your nails, or getting back to the gym, or you single people are looking forward to maybe dating again one day. There are so many things that are happening that are good during this crisis. Uh, there's so many people having more family time, more family meals, more family walks. Uh, there's time to reflect, there's time to uh, be creative, uh, there's time to be, right? So this, this idea that this is all bad is not true, but there's a lot of things we're going to run back to, but we're talking about what we're not going back to. So what are we not going back to? I've talked to a lot of people, this whole pandemic has caused most of us to pray more, So there is something spiritual going on during this crisis. We're asking better questions. We're asking questions like, God, what are you doing in all this? Or more specifically, God, what are you trying to do in me? We're asking God, God, what changes do I need to make in light of this time? So So this this spiritually has been a great time. Here's Here's the truth. When things are going great in our life, it's really hard to sense our need for God. Our faith becomes passive very quickly. We're all guilty about this. When we're rolling and life is good, here's what we know. We say thank you to God, but we're excited. We have a deceived notion of control that we have a tiger by the tail and life is good. But then a crisis hits and we recognize how vulnerable we are. So when things aren't going well, we turn, we tend to look at God. We, we tend to say, oh God, I, I'm desperate. I have this desperation. And, and so what are we not going back to? I don't want to go back to a passive faith. That's what I, I don't want to go back to this arrogant idea that God's serving me in some way. I don't want to go back to this idea that I don't need God. I want to go back to it. I want to go back to a faith. that's alive and real and powerful. I love this definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It says, now faith is confidence. Faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance of what we do not see. So in this time of pandemic, what is your, where's your faith and what do you hope for? And what do you have assurance in? We often confuse religion with faith. When I ask you about your faith, oftentimes people will talk about their idea of what they believe or their theology or their liturgy or or, 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 or what, what they're doing in life that's good. But we often confuse this with religion with faith. Faith is not simply a frame of mind. Some see it this way, that there's this passivity about it, a passive attribute of a Christian that we're gonna wait and see what God's gonna do for us. He's, what's he gonna do for our promotion or our careers or when the diagnosis that we got or the depression we're struggling with or betrayal we've experienced? What's God gonna do with blessings or wealth or injustice in the world? And we kind of wait and see like God's on a parade route and we're in the stands and we're watching God. That's people's ideal of faith. But God wants you to be in the parade. He wants you to be in the game. He wants you to be on the field with him. We might just say, if we're tempted, I'll just wait and see what God's gonna do for me and I'll go with the flow. But this is a false definition of faith because faith is purposeful. Faith is a dependence upon God. Faith requires a surrendering. So when I talk about faith, I'm not talking about religious tradition or liturgy or church involvement. I'm not even talking about a moral code. It's not passive at all. Faith is a decision to depend on God. It's you actively putting yourself into God's care, into God's hands. But faith's confidence and assurance that comes from believing God. Now, I'm not talking about believing uh, in God. I'm talking about believing on God. This kind of faith is best built in difficult times. I know hardship allows us to kind of understand our limitations and hardship allows us to understand how vulnerable we are. Hardship allows us to understand the world in more really a clearer way. But it's in these hardships, it's in these difficulties, it's it's in this change that's been thrust upon us that allows us to reach out in a vulnerable way to God and say, God, we need you desperately. We need you so desperately. Now, trouble is not a new thing for Christians. In fact, the apostle Paul had trouble. He had a lot of trouble. In fact, he describes his troubles, he writes to the church in Corinth as a thorn in the flesh, meaning... This was a trouble that did not go away. This was a trouble that just was persistent, a crisis. And he writes to the church in Corinth about his trouble. Here's what he says. He says, three times I pleaded with my Lord to take this thorn in the flesh away. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, God says, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I, I will boast all the more, Paul says, gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Listen to that. Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. Are you, are you kidding me, Paul? Paul? You delight in your weaknesses. You delight in your insults, in your hardships, in your persecutions, in your difficulties. How can you do that? And he answers the question. Because when I'm weak, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. So this isn't about, and I've prayed this prayer before, but I'm not sure it's the right prayer. God, give me strength. God, make me strong. But Paul's praying, no, it's not my my strength, God. This is about Christ's strength in me, on me, coming through me. Now, we all can relate to Paul because right now in the pandemic, in our isolation and our quarantine, we have this thorn in the flesh. We have a virus problem. What a pain. Now, this might mess up your theology a bit if you hold on to the wrong belief system that bad things just don't happen to good people. And a lot of people think that way, that bad things don't happen to good people or this is unfair, but here's the truth. Sin has screwed up everything. We live in a fallen world in a broken place where good people suffer. The apostle Paul suffered. The best person we know about in history, Jesus, suffered. So this is an unfair world where viruses attack and unfair things happen. So we, we can't hold on to this theology that a cause and effect relationship happens with God. If, if I'm good, God owes me something. No, we have to understand that God's grace is sufficient even in the most difficult of times. This is where your faith begins to really spark. This is where your faith really begins to grow. Paul's saying that when he's weak, God's strength shines forth, that there's something supernatural there's something powerful, something divine that happened. It's not about God making you strong or me strong. It's about God's strength coming from you. Now, come on, let's be honest. I don't know about you, but there's been, a, there's been this weakness that we're all suffering from. There's limitations and restrictions, and there's a sense of, sense of helplessness, right? I don't like thorns any more than you do. We don't like pain but it's in this time where we have a really a more realistic view of ourselves we have a more realistic view of our life and the world we live in we have a more realistic view of heaven and the world the life after this life and we have certainly a more realistic view of god so this is a time when our faith can grow this is a time when your faith can grow I don't want to go back to a passive faith. I want my faith. I don't want to be deceived when the desperation goes away. I don't want to be deceived that I don't need God. See, here's the thing. Faith is the key component in this intimacy with your creator. Hebrews eleven six says it this way. Without faith, it's impossible to please God anyone who comes to him is what, because, let me read it again. I totally screwed that up. Let me read this again. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is the key component of pleasing God and of making our life better because quite frankly, it's not about your good works. It's not about your religious understanding or knowledge. It's not about your Bible skills. It's really about your dependence on God. So in this health and economic crisis that we face, we are earnestly seeking God. We need him so bad. And you have a sense of that because you feel vulnerable just like I do. So many need a miracle today. And you're listening to me and you're going, if God doesn't come through, I'm sunk. And I'm just gonna tell you today, you're in a great position because God is going to come through. God is going to comfort you. God is gonna reward you. God is gonna provide for you. Hang in there. Don't you give up. So many people need a miracle. And all of us want this crisis to be over with. I'm ready. We all feel powerless to end this pandemic. We don't have the power to end this. So we need God. Now, contrast this with just a few weeks ago when we were all kind of rolling, right? When life was good. You know, a common problem for all of God's children is we get deceived into believing that we're doing pretty good on our own. Uh, Our faith can get so passive so quickly. We get busy. We get distracted. We we get arrogant, we get a little disenchanted, we get lazy, we get kind of pulled away by our own sinful desires. When things are going good, and, and this, is, this is a pattern in the Old and the New Testament with all of God's children. When we, when we get passive, man, we, we get deceived to believe that we can do life without God. And this is a problem you have. This is a problem I have. And I don't want to go back to that. I don't wanna go back to a passive faith. I don't wanna go back to this idea that I can do this on my own. I hope God helps me, but I don't really need it. God's my plan B. No, God's my only plan. So how do we build an active faith? Now, I wanna tell you just two things real quick. Here's how you can build an active faith that when the pandemic diminishes and the panic diminishes and and the desperation diminishes, your spirit, your faith, your relationship with God will be even better. Here's the first thing you need. You need a routine. If you're gonna build your faith, you need a routine. And the reason a routine is so important is because whether times are good or times are bad, there's a go-to routine that you have to remind yourself of your need for God. It's easier in times like today when life is difficult, but when life gets better, you're gonna forget, and I will too, and I don't wanna go back to that, So what is your routine to grow? Growth happens as a result of when you're committed to some very basic, simple practices. Your spiritual life, your faith life, is not going to be more meaningful to you over time alone. Time alone, knowledge alone, Is not going to increase this relationship with God. You're going to know more and you're going to be more experienced, but it's an active routine that you put in place that builds a faith in God. So put some structure in your life. Put some structure. I'm not a high structure guy. I'm kind of fly by night sometimes, but I've had to put some structure in my life to build my faith. So Put some structure in your life so that, so that when the desperation fades, you'll continue to grow in your faith and be committed to a routine. So write down on a piece of paper, here's my routine. Here's some simple things and don't overdo it. All you overachievers out there, don't show off in this, okay? So all you got to do is put down some simple routines. For example, set aside some time when you wake up in the morning to talk to God. I mean, just... Just set aside five, start with five minutes if you're not used to this. Just set aside. Think about your day. Think about God's goodness. Just say these words to God in the morning. God, I need you. I'm not sure I feel I need you, but I do need you. I don't know what today holds. Start with five to 15 minutes. I mean, if you can do an hour, do an hour, but this is a time for you to set your day squarely in God's hands. So wake up in the morning, I have to have my coffee. I sit in my chair and I have a conversation with God. It's not quite formal, but it is intimate and it is real. And I talk to God in the morning. In that time, in this routine that you're developing, you're going to talk to God. The second thing you should try to do is find your Bible. You should find your Bible and start with the book of John or the book of Psalms the book of Proverbs and just begin to read. And what you're asking is, God, I want to learn more about you. So show me in here. I want to learn more about God's character, God's heart or God's desires. That's what I want. So you're learning, you're talking, you're learning. This is a key component, by the way, of any intimate relationship, communication and knowledge. So God, I want to know more about you I want this routine to say, okay, I'm going to spend time in the Bible and I'm going to learn something about you. Get committed to learning. In fact, this is why small groups are so important or our Bible college or anything that we have. We have so many brand new Online small groups right now that you can be a part of that will help you learn more about God's heart and God's character and God's desires. You can go to our website and look for the online groups. They're starting up this next week. Be a part of that. So get committed to learning more. The fact is, most people are so busy that a routine of even coming to church every um, every week or on a weekly basis is really difficult. I mean, I I saw a pastor um, write a funny tweet that says, about 30 days in, about four weeks into this isolation where we were having no assembly, no church services, uh, a pastor wrote in his tweet, he said, the people who only come to church once a month are just now freaking out. (laughs) I thought that was funny. It's church humor. Maybe maybe you don't think that's funny. Anyway, so what are you going to do? I, you 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 think I'd say this? I'm the pastor, right? But you got to be part of a community of believers. And, and when 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 coming to church is something you do when you have nothing else to do, it's not a routine that's going to benefit your faith life. It, it's not going to do you much good. I mean, what if you got into a routine with your children, with your life say, we are going to try to make church week. This is a priority. And I know with sports teams and with all the other activities, and you're just simply tired, just come to your family and say, what is our routine? What's our commitment to this? Here's what I believe. I don't believe every church service is going to be life-changing for you, but here's what I believe. I believe showing up every week is going to be healthy for you. Uh, Showing up, and I know it's unrealistic to think you're going to come to church every week. Heck, I get it. I'm just saying that commitment level to a routine, it's really gonna be beneficial. And here's the other thing that allows you when you come to church is you're able to serve other people. As a routine, you're saying, I'm not gonna live my life just for me, just for my family. We're gonna look for ways to serve other people. We give our lives away. You have been so generous in this time of online church about giving your money away. Man, our giving has been so supportive of all the work that we're doing in the community. And I want to say thank you. And when we get back together, we'll have even more opportunities to serve one another, to wash each other's feet figuratively, of course, and to help each other in a way. And that giving your life away, saying no to yourself is a thing that's going to cause your faith to grow. So routine. So what routine are you committed to? And the second thing I want to tell you that's going to grow your faith is to take action. Take action. Step out and do something bold. Step out. Be obedient to what you believe is the right thing. Do the thing you're uncomfortable doing. Share your story of faith with somebody. How you came to believe in God. That's uncomfortable for most people. Uh, pray out loud at a gathering that you've never done before. Just volunteer to pray out loud. And I know we're not having many gatherings, so start with your family. Or 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 commit to give some money away. Sign up for online giving. That's very uncomfortable for people. Or here's something. If you're watching me and you've, you've kind of been dancing around this idea of giving your life to Jesus Christ, the thing that you can do to take action to grow your faith is quite simple surrender to God. Believe today that Jesus Christ died for your sins on that cross and he was buried and he rose again. And this isn't about being, being a member of a church or knowing everything you need to know or even a commitment to be good. It's a surrender to God's grace. And you're going to say, this is the action step you're going to take. You're going to say, God, forgive me. I believe today. I want to be a follower of Jesus with my life. And you're going to become a Christian. Not, not a perfect person, but you're going to give your life. That would be an amazing action step that's going to uh, grow your faith. Here's the last one I'll, I'll hit on. Get baptized. Now, I know we can't do public baptisms yet, but we will. And I want you to get committed. Like, if you grew up in a high church setting, you were baptized because your parents decided for you to do that. But maybe this is your decision. Uh, maybe you decide for yourself, that you want to identify with Jesus Christ in baptism. So get baptized. Sign up. You can go to our website, rpc.me baptism or westin.me baptism and sign up for baptism. And when we get back together on our reunion, we are going to have baptisms. And so sign up today, I'm going to get baptized. I think those two things, quite frankly, a routine and taking some action, Is going to grow your faith. So write it down. What routine am I going to do and what action am I going to take? Because I don't want to go back to a passive faith. And I know you don't either. Let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you so much that you want us to be active and connected and to seek after you. Thank you for the apostle Paul's confession that he had a pain in the side, that he had a thorn in the flesh, and yet he found or discovered or learned that your grace was sufficient for his happy life. And we want that too. We certainly want our circumstances to get better. But in the meantime, would you be all that we really need? And if you're praying right now, would you just give your life to Christ? Would you just say, God, forgive me. I've sinned, I've done my own thing. I've lived my own life and now I feel vulnerable and I recognize my need to know you. So would you forgive me? And I believe today that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose again. And I wanna follow you. And I don't really even know what that means, but I surrender. God, help us. We need your help. May we never go back to a passive faith. In Jesus' name, amen.